What's up, what's up everyone? Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of All Good Things Podcast. I am your host, Zach Cook, and I hope that you guys are ready for an awesome show today. But before we start, I just want to take a second to thank you guys for liking, subscribing, and giving feedback to our very first episode. For those of you who don't know, our very first episode aired earlier this week, and we received a lot of good feedback. We received a lot of good support. And so I just want to say to you guys that are just now tuning into this podcast, or if you haven't done this yet, we would really, really like it and really appreciate it if you guys would like share and subscribe to this podcast because you guys are the fuel that keeps this podcast going. You guys are the reason we're here and you guys are going to help us create a great show. So again, like, share, and subscribe All Good Things Podcast. Or if you would like to join us or provide content for this show, you can reach us through email at goodthingspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is goodthingspodcast at gmail.com. We would really appreciate it. Again, we are looking for you guys, the listeners, to bring us what you would like to hear, good things, good topics, and good solutions, things that inspire, that build up, and that encourage other listeners. All right, so without further ado, we're going to jump right into today's topic. As I mentioned in our previous podcast, we're going to be talking about a vast array of things, and one of the things that I think is very important is our physical health and our spiritual health and doing things that help us to live the best life possible. So one of those things that has always intrigued me is fasting. Now, for those of you who don't know, I have a pretty extensive history in the physical fitness and nutrition world. I am a NASM certified personal trainer. I've trained for years. In addition to that, I pretty much was always doing some sort of dieting, whether it was in high school or in college. I got into uh, competitive bodybuilding, powerlifting, you name it. And so I am no stranger to dieting. But one thing that I always struggled with was the concept of fasting because with everything I ever did, it was all about eating for fuel and eating often. And depending on what sport I was doing at the time, most of the time we ate big. We rarely fasted. And so it wasn't until I really began my walk with the Lord that fasting became something that I was intrigued about. And today we're going to be talking about two aspects of fasting. We're going to be breaking fasting down from a physical sense and a spiritual sense. So I really hope that you guys are excited with me today to walk through this and about all the benefits of fasting and be able to use this information in a way that we can apply it to our lives and even share with others to help apply it to their lives. So we're going to start with the physical aspect of fasting. And I want to start this off with a study by the Canadian Medical Association. So, you know, in the recent years, there's been a surge of studies looking at the biological effects of different types of fasting diets, both in animals and in humans. And these diets included everything under the sun, everything from calorie restriction to intermittent fasting to what we're going to be talking about today, which is alternate day fasting or ADF for short. Now, according to this study, which was the largest of its kind that took place, they took 60 participants. 
they split them up into three groups, one that went for four weeks, one that went for six months, and then obviously a placebo group. Now what they found in this study was really, really shocking and cool, at least to me. From the one month or four week group had a down regulation of amino acids. Now amino acid restriction has been shown to cause lifespan extension in both rodents and humans. So sometimes when we have too much of certain amino acids in our system, it can cause negative health side effects. Also, they had continuous upregulation of ketone bodies, even on the non-fasting days. So again, just to kind of fill you guys in, I'm sure you guys have heard of the keto diet. Essentially, that is where we lower the carbs and we increase the fats and proteins in our, in our system. And the brain loves that. The brain loves fats. The brain uses fats for fuels better than it uses carbs. And so when we drop the carbs, we're forcing our body to release ketones, which is fuel for our body since we're not getting carbs in. And it's been linked to a bunch of good health benefits. And so this particular group had an upregulation or an increase of ketone bodies, even on the non-fasting days. And again, that leads to a various array of health, positive health benefits. They also had reduced levels of a gene marker called SLCAM-1, which is a gene marker linked to age-associated disease and inflammation, such as Alzheimer's and joint inflammation. That's huge because Alzheimer's is one of those things I know we as a community and society want to see gone, and yet in just four short weeks, this reduced the expression of that gene marker. That's pretty powerful. I would keep that in mind for as we go into the future and as we age, fasting may be a key into stopping Alzheimer's. They also had lowered levels of thyroid thyronine without impaired thyroid gland function. So lowered levels of this hormone have been linked to a longevity in humans. And this is great because again, in today's day and time, it's hard to go anywhere and not find somebody that has something going on with their thyroid. And then people are getting prescriptions like candy to either increase or decrease certain thyroid hormones and unfortunately it's at the expense of the thyroid and hey, once that's gone, it's gone. But this particular way of fasting decreased the type of hormones that are detrimental and increased the good ones in the thyroid and without hurting the thyroid at all, I say that's a win-win in my book. They also had lowered levels of cholesterol and again, people everywhere and of all races, ages and sizes are on cholesterol medication but yet in four weeks they had lower cholesterol just by fasting for one day at a time. They also had reduction of lipotoxic android trunk fat mass, which are you ready for it? Because this is huge, is belly fat. <laughs> they had a reduction in overall belly fat just by doing this simple fast. And I think that's pretty interesting. And the doctor that put on this study had this to say, the elegant thing about strict alternate day fasting is that it doesn't require participants to count their meals and calories. They just don't eat anything for one day. And I think that's pretty awesome because I know it's pretty intimidating sometimes for people that aren't used to dieting. They feel like I can't count calories. I don't want to count calories and hey, I don't blame you. But this is an awesome way to just simplify helping your body out. You lose weight, you help your body out through hormones and uh, regulating certain bodily functions just by taking a day off from eating and then you know what for 12 hours you can eat what you want so it's a win-win in my book so i want to go from that into the next thing which is fighting disease with fasting and i want to share just a briefly about this because i'm not an expert but i 100 believe 
that through proper exercise and diet and even fasting, we can fight many of the diseases we have today without using drugs and evasive things such as that. I remember in college, I had a professor who brought her husband and he had this crazy long title as like doctor of biological, physiological, blah, 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 blah. And he showed us a study of a man back in the early 50s who took 80 cancer patients and he put them on a fast for 16 weeks and they literally ate nothing but they had one specific shake a day he put like the nutrients and stuff in it that they needed to like survive and keep going but it was essentially one shake a day for 16 weeks and at the end of the study at the end of the 16 weeks 84 percent of the participants were cancer free that is amazing Oh, and excuse me, he also included a high volume vitamin C dosage into their regimen. But 84% success rate, compare that to the 94% failure rate of chemotherapy, and yet that is today's modern go-to for cancer treatment. I would argue that I would rather try fasting before chemotherapy, because 94% failure rate versus 84% success rate I'll take those odds any day. So I firmly believe that, again, with the right exercise, diet, and intermittent fasting, we can see health brought back to the human body without things like pills and the other evasive measures. Because think about it. When we starve the body for an extended period of time, the body's looking for fuel, right? Those cancer cells, those, those, those viruses and things like that, they're looking for things to use as fuel so that they can keep living and keep growing, right? But when you starve it, the, the body says, okay, well, I need fuel and they're not giving me food, so I have to look for energy somewhere else. And so the body begins searching as to what can I use for fuel? What can I use right now to fuel me that either I'm not using or that does not belong? Where are the things that don't belong? And when the body finds cancer cells which don't belong, it begins eating and breaking down and tearing apart those cancer cells from the inside out. Because the body, it, before it starts attacking itself and looking for fuel, it's going to look for what doesn't belong there. So I highly suggest to consider fasting for a physical standpoint to consider just adding it into your regimen. Now, I think I've spent enough time on the physical aspect. If you want to hear more, I highly suggest that you guys do some of your own research and you can even email me and I can try and send you some of the links here that I have, um, but it's very interesting stuff. But I want to go now into the next topic, which is biblical fasting. So what is biblical fasting? Biblical fasting, at least in my opinion, is a spiritual discipline which was encouraged by Jesus himself while he was on earth. When he was questioned, for instance, by the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist about fasting, Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. And that's in Matthew 9, 15. So we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in working out our salvation with much prayer and meditation and the study of God's Word. In addition to all these amazing things and practices, Christians should also, again, this is just in my opinion, but Christians should also employ the humbling discipline of fasting. And I have for you 10 reasons for fasting that I hope will enlighten you and challenge you to add this to your walk with Christ. Number one. To strengthen prayer. Numerous incidents in the Old Testament connect fasting to prayer, especially intercessory prayer. Fasting 
does not change whether God hears our prayers, but it can change our praying. As Arthur Wallace says, fasting is calculated to bring a note of urgency into our praying and to give force to our pleading in the court of heaven. I love that. Number two, to seek God's guidance. As with prayer, fasting to seek God's guidance isn't done to change God, but to make us more receptive of His guidance. Number three, to express grief. Expressing grief is one of the primary reasons for fasting, actually. Ever notice that when you're moved to tears by grief, you lose the urge to eat? When we grieve, our family and friends often have to plead with us to eat because, you know, like our bodies are a our body's appropriate response to grief is to fast. A prime example occurs in 2 Samuel 1.12, where David and his men are described as having mourned and wept and fasted till evening for their friends, their enemies, and their nation. Number four, to seek deliverance or protection. Another common reason for fasting in the Old Testament was to seek deliverance from the enemies or circumstances. In Scripture, this type of fast is generally carried out uh, with other believers. Number five, to express repentance and a return to God. This type of fasting helps us to express grief over our sins and shows our seriousness about returning to the path of godly obedience. Number six, to humble oneself before God. Number seven, to express concern for the work of God. As with Nehemiah, fasting can be a tangible sign of our concern over a particular work that God is doing. Number eight, to minister to the needs of others. We can use time we'd normally spend eating to fast and to minister to others and to do the work of the kingdom. Number nine, to overcome temptation and dedicate yourself to God. Fasting can help us focus when we're struggling with any sort of particular temptations. It's a great way to focus down and focus on God. Number 10, to express love and worship for God, which is one of the greatest things we could ever do. So how should we equip ourselves to prepare for a fast? And I've just listed a couple things to consider as you're preparing to fast. First is pray and confess your sins. It's a necessary step before fasting, at least in my opinion, to humble yourself before God. And Psalms 35, 13 is a great one if you want to look that up as to why that is. And to confess your sins. Prayer should be um, our, our sustenance throughout the fast. It should be like what makes up the majority of our fast. But it's imperative that we begin first with a humble heart. Also, turning to Scripture. Spend the time you would normally spend eating in Scripture. Bill Johnson is an awesome man of God, and he put it this way. He says to read until he speaks. I love that because some people will just read a little couple sentences, and they're like, I don't know. I don't get anything out of it. I say to read until you speak, and when you're fasting, there's no better time than to get in the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to make it a real and living, breathing Word of God and to speak to you through His Word. It's awesome. Another step is to keep it to yourself. This is very important. Fasting is completely unbiblical and even spiritually harmful when we do it to show off our spirituality. You know, just read Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18, um, or when we focus more on our own fasting than the clear needs of others, that's also not good either. Don't boast about you or your fast. Don't tell people that you won't be eating, or if you do, only when it's 100% necessary because you don't want to bring attention to yourself. Fasting should not be done in any way uh, to impose false motives. 
Next, prepare your body. Fasting, whether it's for a couple hours, a couple days, a couple weeks, whatever it may be, um, it can have unexpected consequences on you. If you are not used to fasting, I would highly suggest to kind of work your way up take a couple things out for a couple hours a day and then maybe work up to something more but if for instance if you're used to eating eight meals a day or snacking all throughout the day and you go from that to zero you may experience like I said some bodily shutdowns uh for so i would suggest that you guys just kind of ease into that one and just be smart about it. Don't don't do anything too crazy, too fast, but work yourself into a regimen. Um, fasting is an appropriate bodily reaction to the state of our soul in our pursuit of drawing closer to God. So when we fast, we are quieting our flesh and the fleshly man in us and allowing our spirit man or the Holy Spirit to increase and increase his voice and his influence so that we may better hear and focus on the will of God. Because you see, God usually speaks in whispers because he's so close. He doesn't need to yell. He, he's so close to us, he whispers. If you guys are familiar with the story of Elijah when he's running away and he's scared for his life and he's in this cave and God comes and he shows him this firestorm and this lightning storm and this earthquake and then God's not in any of it, but he's, he's there in a whisper. He comes and he talks to Elijah in a whisper. God oftentimes does not come in thunder and lightning, so to speak. He comes in a whisper because he's so close. See, the enemy loves to scream at us because he has to keep his distance because God is so close. But God whispers, and he whispers for two things. One, because, as I said, he is so close. And two, he's because he wants to see if we will lean in and press in to hear his voice. And one way we can do that is through fasting. And so we must be willing to do what it takes to quiet the world around us and tune into his voice. So we quiet the, this fleshly man when we fast, and we increase the spirit man or the Holy Spirit when we fast. If it's done correctly, you can expect many awesome, amazing results, including growing closer to God, feeling more solidarity with those who suffer, and just being able to connect with them a little bit more. And you also receive a lot of self-control. You probably didn't know you could fast like that, but now that you've done it a few times, you know you figure something out about yourself you didn't even know you thought you had in you. And that's an awesome thing is to have self-control. Paul even mentions himself how he prepares himself like an athlete, training his body and discipline in his body for the working kingdom of God. And I think that's a large thing to do when it comes to fasting as well. We are discipline our bodies to tell our flesh, you do not have control over me. I have control over you. And one final word about biblical fasting before I leave. I find this very important, and I left this at the end so you guys could remember this. But fasting is never, ever us just depriving ourselves in order to kind of twist God's arm to do something for us or to force him to listen to us because that just doesn't work. That's like a kid who tries to twist their parents' arms, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but how a kid will hold their breath and put their fingers in their ears and stomp around trying to get attention and hoping that their parents would give in to their tantrum so that they could get their way. And while we might not be doing it necessarily from the motive of like a tantrum or like a selfish motive, so to speak, uh, if we think we're going to be twisting God's arm to get our way by fasting, that's not the proper context. You might be depriving yourself of oxygen, holding your breath and stomping around like that, but it won't be long before you know we're passed out on the floor and we wake up and we're still empty-handed wondering why that didn't work. Fasting has always been and will always be and should always be from the heart position of us bringing ourselves before God and humbly saying, Lord, I need your voice. 
I need your presence. I need your guidance. I need you more than I need the very things that keep me alive like food and water. Like, God, your priority in my life is greater than the very things that I need to live. And like, wow, that is powerful. That is the heart position we must come to God with when it comes to fasting is we need him more than the very things that keep us alive like food and water. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the kind of approach that moves the Father's heart, that moves him to bring results and to answer prayers and and things of that nature. And it is an amazing thing when we can learn that sort of heart posture. And because I firmly believe that's just aligning with the heart of God. The reason why it moves the heart of God is because that is the heart of God to see his children come to him in that sort of approach. And so I hope that this has given you guys something to think about, to meditate on and pray over about possibly adding in some sort of fasting regimen, both in our dietary and physical life and in our walk with Jesus Christ. Now, please understand again with the physical stuff, you don't have to do it all the time. But studies show that every now and then adding a fast in seems to dramatically help the body. And then I would suggest adding in on a regular basis some sort of fasting in your spiritual walk with Jesus Christ because we can never, ever get enough of him. And again, not doing this out of a religious sense like, oh, I have to do this. And being careful not to try to combine the two and say, okay, Lord, I'm coming to you to fast, but really have the hidden motive of trying to do this for the physical benefit. Because we always want to approach this out of a heart that's like, God, I just want you so bad. I want you more than the very things that I need to live. Well, guys, this has been an awesome show. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in to All Good Things Podcast. I hope that this episode has encouraged you, has built you up, gave you things to think about. And I'm so excited because the best is yet to come. And just as a reminder, we thrive off of your support. So if you guys don't mind before you leave, please hit that subscribe button below, share this podcast, like this podcast, and tell someone about this podcast because this could drastically help someone's life. We want your guys' feedback. So again, remember, send us your questions, send us your information, and if you want to join us and be a part of this podcast, you can send any of that information to our email at goodthingspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's goodthingspodcast at gmail.com. Guys, thank you so much. My name is Zach Cook, and we'll see you next time right here on All Good Things Podcast. Podcast.